The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond. 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 What's up, everybody? Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 296. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the Pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. The Dark Knight News, <laughs> Andrew Goldfarb. I don't know what just happened. And our friend from across the pond. Oi, Kezza McDonald! Mm. Oi, Kezza McDonald from the UK! <laughs> hey, Kezza. Hello, that's not how it actually sounds. Oh, that's you may weird. be surprised to learn. Do people meet you and, and they're blown away, though? That's not how you sound? Uh, I've been so listening far. to podcasts. It's not happened to Americans <laughs> yet so far. <laughs> we'll see what happens at E3, see how many yeah, people know you. I did just slap Greg Miller's pull in the face. Twice. Two times. I heard Twice. it like clear yeah. across the office. Exactly. I couldn't see it, but I could hear it, and it was loud. I'm so sorry. Kezza, tell the listeners about yourself. Uh, my name's Kezza. I'm Scottish, not English, actually. Just just a little, little point. point Same of thing to Greg. <laughs> <laughs> come write, see, come sigh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I write about video games for a living, which I've been doing for about eight years, since I was basically a fetus. Wow. Um, I have worked for IGM for the last two years. I'm our UK games editor in the UK. You've only been here two years? That's right. Why is it, it feels so much longer. Uh, it's just the, every second in my company feels like ten minutes. Oh. <laughs> she has the respect of a... A wily old veteran, though, in the in yeah, parts. you won that you won great. an award. I did. I, I did win an award. What was oh, it? It was nice. I won. I won Games Writer of the Year last year. Look at that, everybody. This makes me sound like a total dickhead, doesn't it? <laughs> just bragging Ooh, about I'm it. Here, I won an award. Lucky <laughs> me. Hey guys, I just got here, but let me tell you about this yeah. award. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I work in the UK. Uh, I do the same thing basically as as we do here, but I do it across the pond. And with the yeah, different accent. Used and to, different to accent. words unnecessarily. That's basically the, the difference, right? That's with it. The, yeah. yeah. Beyond is called Beyond up there. <laughs> ah, that was a good one, Beyond. Goldfarb. Yep, it's good. You got, you got your one. You should go. <laughs> all, right, all right, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, we usually say we have a really good show, and but I mean this week. Let's not fuck around. We're not pulling your list. Yeah. Uh, all right, you got E3 Welcome next to week. eight hour of Beyond. <laughs> we got to get moving or you know it will it's gonna be. It's going to be longer even than Sony's press conference. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have a lot of Wonder Book to talk about. Uh, E3's next week. Uh, that means our annual E3 predictions where each of us pick five PlayStation predictions and run them down. See what's up. Run them up the flagpole. See how much we know about this industry before we get to actually what's going to happen. Every, every one of us is wrong, yeah. But let's not beat around the bush about the most important thing so far probably. Uh, we're recording a day late. It's not, it's not Tuesday, it's Wednesday. Mm-hmm. What we did, the hell? One of the reasons we did that, of course, was so we could talk about The Last of Us. Don't worry, we're not going to spoil the game for you. Colin reviewed it. We're going to talk about that as toe. Toe, 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 toe. But let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. Oh, also, heads up. Yeah, we know the mic dropped out last week. 
Yeah. Jiminy we're, we're Christmas. Well, wait, wait. So we're, we are very apologetic about the audio fidelity of the podcast the last few weeks since we moved up here. Yeah. They're been working the room. It's got bad mojo. It's like fucking haunted or something. Yeah. Uh, so we apologize about that. We want, we've been doing podcasts beyond for almost 300 episodes. We want the fidelity to be just right. Right. You know, although I've listened to some shite podcasts with shite sound, this is way better. Don't beat yourself up too much. When it works. You're basically fine. When, it's, when it's at maximum capacity, it you sounds great. You should see our podcast yeah. set up in, in mm. London. Then you would know true pain. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's great. one of those things where our listeners are paying for a premium product, so they have every right to just oh, torture yeah, us no on doubt. Twitter. No <laughs> People were really mad at me, like I was actively turning off my mic. I, I mean, we're doing it different. I'm wearing the dumb headset. I don't know how much mm. it works, because I think I still think that the headset's connected to the board, and the I think the problem was in okay. GarageBand. You have no idea what's no, going on. Of course no. not. No. There are 11 items on the list. Ooh. Before I get started, though, I didn't put it on the Rope Report, but we have an interesting story about Prey 2. Oh, right. Uh, written by Mitch Dyer about what went wrong with that game, why it's in development hell. I think it's pretty much dead now. Uh, you should go read that on IGN. Yeah, well, the rumor is that it's now at Arcane. Uh, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, number one. Greg, you broke this story. DC Universe Online and Planetside 2 are coming to PlayStation 4. Swish! That's all we know for right now, but it's not surprising that two successful games owned by Sony Online Entertainment will be coming to the PlayStation 4. Aren't they both free-to-play? They are both free-to-play. Well, there you go. That indicates that Dust 514 was not a one-off. Free play is going to be a thing for PS4. Yeah, very good well, yeah, point. especially with all the way they're trying. I mean, like you know, Planetside Two, a big PC game already, right? They mm. came over, and that was the interesting thing is like I thought it had already been announced. Kind of, I forgot about it because on Up at Noon he hinted at it, and we talked about it, and that's what that was the title of Up at Noon. But the DC Universe one's interesting, right? Because of the fact that Sony was, you know, none of the PS3 games are going to be ready at launch. Your PSN games like Journey and stuff aren't going to work when you come over here. So it's interesting that I guess SOE's going through these hoops to make sure that they have their. Do we know here. if it's? I mean, do you spend sixty dollars on that game? Like, I know it's free to play, right. but I mean, are, are you? There's not going to be a disc-based DC Universe online. That Correct. You no, they are both digital downloads. Okay, okay. There's gotcha, no disc gotcha. disc-based for this one. Okay. Interesting. I mean, well, technically, all games are free to play once you've bought them. Gold well, right? yeah. Well, that, <laughs> that's well, I, I didn't know there was like point. a like Guild Wars Two isn't isn't a deal with that where you buy it, but then there's not a subscription fee. Yes, I thought so it, it might be subscription free. It's yes. Thank you. Hold on. <laughs> Use your words, Goldfarb. Oh. Number two, free to play co-op shooter Warframe is also coming to PS4. Oh. I broke that story. By way of dark, the Darkness 2 and Dark Sector developer DigitalOcean, read our full <laughs> reveal interview on IGN. I should have never given you money. Number three. If you're in North America. Nobody cares about that, right? What? That news, that game that's coming out? Like it, we had, it, None it of us had well anything to follow up. I have no idea what that game is. Yeah, me neither. It's like it a co-op well, game, four-player co-op game that takes place in space and you're ninjas. And it's actually supposed to be pretty good. Uh, so you'll spend 15 minutes on the Roper Report talking about fucking Light Knob over there, but when it comes down to this game, people care Light, about it. Everyone cares about Light Knob, though. Scott Rohde's sequel. <laughs> Number three. If you're in North America, you'll get five free games in June on PlayStation Plus. They are as follows. PS3 games. Deus Ex Human Revolution, Saints Row the Third, and Machinarium, and on, P- on Vita, Orc Attack, and Virtue's Last Reward. Andrew it's Goldfarb like $180 worth of Virtue's games. Last Reward is much, much better than it has any right to be. True. Seriously good game. Yeah, I have it. I just haven't played it yet. I played a bit. No like time it. to play goddamn anything. I ain't got time to play nothing. I'll tell you how I got depressed. Mm. I'm getting ready to go. I'm here for one day this week. Then tomorrow I go to Chicago, fly away, and then I fly to E3, then I fly back, and all this other stuff. I was, I was looking on, I was thinking I want to get a good Vita game, getting going, right? right? I was like, oh, wait, isn't Dragon's Crown coming out in June? Oh. And then I jumped now, August. I'm like, oh, God damn it. No, no, no. You got Men's Mayhem, though. <sighs> Is that going to keep me busy? For that long? Time? I don't think so. No. Having spent but you know it will though. Limbo, my second playthrough mm. of Limbo. That will keep you busy for what, two, two or three hours, yeah. though, right? And second playthrough it's it's you know the weird thing was when I played Limbo again recently on uh, PS three, I was like 
Why don't I remember any of the answers See? to any of these damn puzzles? Am I retarded? Why don't I remember this? I didn't do it that long ago. Yeah. It's it insane. Happens. It happens. It happens. It's probably better that way. Yeah. I, I guarantee that's what's going to happen to me. You know, talk two or three hours on the plane. I'm going to be like, what? Why do I do that? This is so weird when you replay stuff. I run I did, across the hotel. I replayed Shenmue a while back. Oh, and that's God. the only game where I had, like, premonitions. You know, I'd be walking somewhere, and I'd be like, hang on. I'm going to meet a guy called Charlie, and he's going to tell me to get my hair cut, and it's going to turn out to be a ninja guy. <laughs> it was just really bizarre premonitions of what was going to happen, but I didn't consciously remember it. Yeah, and I, I kind of have. I, I feel like in a puzzle game, it's kind of that's kind of you know uh, serendipitous almost. Yeah, like you can enjoy it again almost fresh yes. through your own ignorance. I'm also yes. going to beat uh, Bigfoot. I haven't beaten the Bigfoot game. Yet. Oh, Jacob Jones. Yeah, Jacob that's Jones. Fun. Jacob Jones is fun. Did you play Jacob Jones? No, I saw. I saw it. I didn't play. Is it good? Is it worth? Yeah, yeah I think it's good. really fun. I was really enjoying it. It's like Professor Layton. Did you beat it, Colin? Uh, no, not yet. Yeah, about twenty puzzles. Though. I think there's only twenty five. So, uh, they got to add Charlotte with me on the plane playing with me because I wouldn't have been able to beat some of those puzzles. Yeah. Because I'm not very good at those games. Uh, number four, Dark Souls 2 has an official release date or month. Anyway, it will launch on March of 2014. Woo! And it's currently announced for PC, Xbox 360, and PlayStation 3. I know Kez is excited about that. I, I would be more excited about it if I was definitely sure they weren't going to fuck it up. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm only like 90% sure they're not going to fuck oh, it up. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's better than... But March is good because I was, I was worried it was going to ruin the end of the year again. Because the thing about Dark Souls or Demon Souls is that once you start playing it, you can't play any other video games. They just don't occupy your mind anymore. Mm. So if you if it comes out at the end of the year when everything else is out, you end up missing a whole end of season. The deluge. Rush. Yeah. So I mean, I'm quite I, glad it's coming out in March. I had the opposite problem that that's why I never played. Well, I guess it was Dark Souls, not Demon Souls. But I didn't mm. play Dark Souls because it came out around the same time as a bunch of other stuff, and that's I kind it, of right? made the decision of other things over that. I think a lot of people did that. So I think March is a really good time. Although this year's March was busy, hopefully next year's won't be quite so insane. And we I feel like just play Dark Souls too all the this time. This year's March was unnecessarily busy because everyone was avoiding April because we all assumed GTA Five would come out then. And I feel like yeah. publishers did too, and then GTA ended up being <laughs> and September went, anyway. Oh. So April was like just injustice. There was just nothing at all in June. Yeah. Number five. Guacamelee is getting new DLC. Hooray! We broke the oh story exclusively as well. Uh, it was supposed to already come out. There was supposed to be a patch for it yesterday, but there were some, some bugs and some problems with it. Uh, nonetheless, when the DLC does launch, it will include three new costumes that give both Juan and Tostada new skills. Aww. The DLC also comes packing new trophies. Yeah. Uh, the DLC is uh, pretty cool. You can dress as a chicken pretty or a skeleton and things of this nature. They give you special moves and special abilities. So, like, um, the skeleton, I think, gives you unlimited... Stamina. Stamina, but, like, your health doesn't recover at all. Mm. Which is, it sounds hard as hell. Like, going through the, what is it, the Caverna de Pollo or yeah. whatever. you get a trophy for My Spanish it. is fantastic. Caverna de Pollo? <laughs> Got that Caverna <laughs> de Pollo? Um, I would have just said Polo, so. Yeah, that's true. What, what was, the other costume was cool, too. Um, it gave you some kind of power, too. There's one, the, the third costume is one that lets Juan and Tostada, I think, switch. Oh, yeah, and the, yeah, and the chicken one, you regain health. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Uh, number six. Naughty Dog has revealed that the basis for its next-generation PlayStation 4 engine will find its roots in the same current-gen engine that ran Uncharted and The Last of Us. This lets them skip the headaches they experienced when they transitioned from PS2 to PS3 and tweak it as required. Uh, apparently, the, the engine that ran Jack and Daxter uh, obviously was markedly different from the one that ran Uncharted, and it took them a long time to get it running. So I think this is a really smart move. It's probably why Drake's Fortune took so long to come out, actually. Uh, so that's actually exciting. And we'll talk more about Naughty Dog in a little bit. Mm. Foreshadowing. Well, we can talk about Don't Uncharted touch 1. that dial, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. About Among Thieves. Number seven. Sony CEO Kazurai was quoted as stating that the PlayStation 4 is being created and marketed as a games-first device, unlike Xbox One. Uh, quote, The most important thing we need to make sure we do, at least initially, is that we all agree and understand that the PS4 is a great video game console that appeals to video gamers. If we miss that part, then I don't think we get the initial establishment of the console. End quote. 
Smart man. Is that not a ridiculous statement to have to make? Our games console is a games console that plays games for gamers. Yeah, it's a way for them, I guess, to double down on the the perceived uh, blunder of the Xbox One reveal. I don't. Think was, I don't think it was quite the blunder everyone thinks it was. But yeah, um, yeah, I think it's smart. Like we always say, they can they can definitely win if they appeal to gamers, and if they don't try, then you know they can't win at all. So because uh, they're not going to be Xbox at their own game, which isn't games. See what I did there? Ah, I'm confused. <clears throat> It's okay. It didn't really make any sense anyway. Number eight. We're like a pig inside a truffle. We don't know what's going on. Well, that's fucked up. (laughs) Number eight. That game company's second game for Sony, Flower, is officially coming to PlayStation Vita. Flower originally came to PS3 via PSN in 2009 and will be a Vita bound later this year. And I think it'll be at E3, so we'll play it in just a few days. It sounds cool. They uh, they added touch controls. It'll still have, like, the gyro or whatever. But uh, We should use the analog sticks in that game. Yeah, that'll be nice. That was at a time when everyone still insisted on using six axes. Oh yeah, when Sony was like, "Guys, guys, please, someone <laughs> use six axes." Like the grenade controls in uh, Uncharted, Uncharted One. Number, nine, I think Uncharted Two as well, right? You could just shut it off. It, you could shut it off. Yeah, yeah. Number I think d- default, it was off. Maybe. Yeah, oh, I was stupid anyway. Number nine. I'm excited about this. Tales of Symphonia Chronicles is coming to PlayStation 3 in 2014. It's an HD re-release of the GameCube game Tales of Symphonia, bundled together with the 2008 follow-up Dawn of the New World. I used to play the shit out of that game on GameCube. Was um, Symphonia the one that was based... No, that's Eternal Sonata, the one based on Chopin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Not the same thing. This was, I always uh, confuse those two. Yeah. This was... Uh, I love Eternal Sonata. came out in 2004. I remember I was an intern here, and I wrote the guide for it, so I remember actually playing that game pretty well. Pretty good. Number 10. Stick It to the Man has been announced for PS3 and Vita. It's a puzzle platformer, and will launch later in 2013. We have a story about that on IGN screens and things of this nature. It looks kind of neat. It looks kind of like Tearaway, actually. Um, dun, dun, dun. But not the same. When's Tearaway coming out? Soon. That's this year too, right? I don't even know if I care. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, I care about Tearaway. Yeah, I care about it's, Tearaway. it's Mini Molecule, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Tearaway is yeah. one of those games where, and I think you even said this in the preview or whatever. Like, I, once I am playing that game, I will care about it. But October twenty like, second, Tearaway. Doesn't even seem uh, like something you can really get the full experience from in a demo or anything like that. Well, that's what Greg and I felt when we, Greg and I went to LA a few months ago to play that and Killzone Mercenary. And the, the thing about those games is that Killzone Mercenary is immediately it immediately grasps you and you understand it. And you're excited about it because it's a, finally a competent shooter, hopefully. Yeah. On um, Vita and, and Tearaway is like not a game you need to play with like a developer chattering in your ear for exactly. 20 minutes yeah, about yeah, like yeah. what they're trying to do. It seems like a game that's a little more uh, cerebral. Um, we in, we are in a super controlled environment. Like they showed a whole bunch of cool crap in in the thing that we didn't get to do. Do, so do you remember like, when Little Big Planet was first being shown around a little bit mm-hmm. and they were being kind of tentatively showing you just a little bit? And the best you could say about it at that point was. Well, it looks really interesting, and we hope it works. Yeah. And it's kind of the same for Terraway, isn't it? Yeah, you can't, 100%. Really, can't really judge it at this point. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. It, the, the good news is that, I mean, in my opinion, is regardless of Terraway's success, Media Molecule's hedging, because I think only a small team's working on that. They're clearly working on a PS4 game, so... And I don't think it's a little Big Planet Three because and it's not going to be strange uh, dick sculpting. Oh yeah, the, yeah, the, the, oh, yeah. We, we were we were at the <laughs> how great yeah. event it was. We saw oh, that. of course that we was, were. Yeah, that, that was, was that a strange was moment. Weird. I was extremely jet lagged, and that was a, that was a very strange. I think I may have fallen into micro sleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I thought I may have woken up in some strange alternate reality. It's like, it's like a drug dream. Media yeah. molecule brings you strange dick sculpting. <laughs> that was just like it was like exactly what you'd expect at a media molecule. I this guess this is what you want British developers for. <laughs> Come up with this shit. I want to see what the I want to see what they're working on. That's you know we the rumors what sumo is working on little big planet three so yep. little big planet universe yeah like whatever it's going to be called so they're not working and they don't want to work on a little big planet anymore so i really hope no, it's not actually it. called maybe little big we'll planet see, universe maybe we'll Le see boo. it 
Maybe we'll see it at E3. I mean, I I want something very different from Media Molecule because Tearaway looks cool and charming and sweet, but it's still like in at, in its core concept, at least what I understand of it, seems kind of like the same idea as a little bit planet. It's collage kind of creativity and kind of handcraft space. But the thing about Media Molecule is they're 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 always going to be a developer that wants to do new cool stuff, and they kind of got hoisted by their own success because yeah. something Platinum turned out to be a really important game for PS3 and they ended up making more of them than they would have liked. Yep. So yeah, yeah new stuff, please. Yeah, I agree. Finally, number 11. Field Runners 2, the popular iOS tower defense game, has been announced for PS Vita and will launch later this year. Game looks... I never played it. It looks really cool. Um, so I'm excited about that. Tower defense is always good. It was a PlayStation Mini 2. Number yeah, one. Yeah, well, the, P- the first one was PSP game, right? Yeah, a Mini. Remember the Minis, Go Farm? Remember the PSP Go? They were Go? great. Remember the PSP Go? <laughs> So so well. I had forgotten about the I PSP love the PSP Go. Go. You still have a drawer full of them. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's <laughs> a graveyard. creepy graveyard of PSPs <laughs> in his drawer, and they're like all his desk is like a fucking disaster, and then but then they're like nicely placed, like in a row. They're all spaced out. I have a name for it's each very, one of them. It's very creepy. I charge them <laughs> just in case I'm ready to go with UMDs. I threw away some UMDs over the weekend. Did you? True story. That's wow. a big step for you to yeah, take. I know. It was. Yeah, yeah. I was cleaning out the closet. Yeah. I was like, I don't need this case. Anymore. I finally got rid of my PSP. I had to peel off the jelly skins from Beyond Two Hundred. Beyond, yeah. Ah man. I wonder if all of those would be on 300. Oh, me too. I've not played my PSP since I lost my Monster Hunter save game. Uh, How'd you lose it? The worst. Um, well, I left my PSP on a bus in Japan. So lo- I did that to technically lose the PSP. Mm. But then I bought, I bought another PSP because I was like, no, that's all right. I'll start again and do it again. So I bought another PSP, like a Monster Hunter Special Limited Edition one. Bought another copy of Monster Hunter Freedom Unite. Played it for about 10 minutes and went, I'm not doing this again. Exactly, yeah, that's no the worst way. feeling. That, I'm not that's doing why this. cloud saves. too rare. Get the like, fuck out of here, monster. <laughs> cloud saves have changed it a lot because, like, that isn't, I mean, obviously, if you lose your Vita, it would be a problem still, but at yeah, least you yeah, wouldn't yeah. lose all your pride. You like, wouldn't lose your saves. Right now, if I lost my 3DS and lost, like, the 70 hours I have in Animal Crossing, it would be devastating. Yeah, and there's no, like, and Nintendo's it's all never going to have that. a system that lets you get your stuff back, like PS yeah. Plus or Xbox Live have because no way. Nintendo don't give a shit. Yep. A friend of mine lost got his, his DS stolen and had to, like, submit a police report. To prove to Nintendo that it had been stolen, so he could get his digital stuff back. <laughs> so they're so such crazy. a weird, weird company. company. They just yeah, discovered they really the internet. They've just figured it out. Yeah. Yep. Well, clearly and they're freaking out. What's devastating is not losing the Animal Crossing save. What's devastating is that you played Animal Crossing for seventy hours. It's so good. It is it's good. really good. It's really good. It's really it was good, good on GameCube. Oh, you're good on GameCube. You haven't even played o- it yet. I'm over it. You're just a straight it's up the hater. Sa- I'm sure you're it is the same thing that was on Wii. With that microphone. Tell me your No, the, the Wii one's bad. The, the Wii the, one is the, not that good. The best one prior to this was the DS one. Yeah, Wild, yeah, World. Um, Wild World. So good. At least yeah. you don't have to use those. I remember, like, the GameCube one had, like, those, like, really, like, old school, like, codes that you had to go on GameFAQs and, like, trade people for shit, right? That's that right. was the game. Yeah. That was so weird. It's because it was, you know, it was a N64 game that they ported. Mm. So it didn't have any... You know, because the, could the GameCube go on the internet? I can't remember. I it did. It, it did have. It had a broadband they adapter. Didn't use yeah. any of that because it was a, it was a code for 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 a N sixty four game. Right, right. Yeah, PlayStation story. podcast, everybody. The the oh, funny yeah. we're a conversational. Podcast. <laughs> My favorite thing Nintendo ever did with codes, and it was, I guess it was technically third party, was uh, Golden Sun to transfer from the first Golden Sun to the second Golden Sun. You had like this like nine hundred character code that you had to go one screen at a time and copy them down and then oh re-enter because it went from. Uh, what was it? I guess Game Boy Color to Game Boy Advance, and so you had to put it in. It was a big, stupid mess. <sighs> <laughs> That's Codes. it. That's it. Gold farm. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. That tearaway, we're not sold on it yet. But eventually we're going to get our hot little hands and know everything about it and just devour it. But until then, <laughs> if I wanted to know what was in stores, where would I go? The official list of upcoming PlayStation software on all three platforms by the IGN editors. Well done, that is correct. Uh, at retail, 
people, Remember Me is out. <laughs> I'd rather not. Uh, uh, that's too bad. That game looks really cool. It's, it's a cool it's, idea. It's, it's one of those games that's I'm going to buy it anyway, because it's interesting enough that I don't really care that it's not very good. Yeah, because it's not very good. Like you can't really argue that it's a great game because it's not. But it's still really interesting. Hmm. So I think if 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 you value originality over a game being like technically competent, then go buy it. Still, yeah, um, it, it's kind of a shame because like I get so excited when I see new IPs, and especially yeah. going into a new generation, we're going to see more of them. But it's like it's a bummer when someone tries something really cool and ambitious and just, you know, the, doesn't the, work. The, uh, it's kind of a retelling of the French Revolution in a way, which is cool. That's that's of cool. course that's a cool idea. And uh, Nilin, the main character, is. I mean, the weird thing is, some of it is so badly written. It's like you can't even understand. It's like there's like a wrestling scene. It's like oh, yeah. but then Nilin's really good, and her monologues are really good, and her character's great. So it's like, did two different people? Did someone write this and then just got given to somebody else? And they were like, do you know what make this cooler? Wrestlers. Mm. <laughs> well, the interesting thing about Remember Me, of course, was that it was a PS3 exclusive at one time. That's right. And then Capcom picked it up. You have to wonder, like, with Sony's track record with exclusives, specifically ever since the disaster of the early exclusives, that they were like, no, we don't want this anymore. With Lair and Haze and all this shit. <laughs> Lair? Lair and Is that a dragonfly? That was. Yeah, it was six axes. Greg loved that game. Uh, yeah, Greg loved that game. I knew you loved that game. I did. I was a big Lair fan. I was one of Lair. I had the exclusive review. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I, have, I have a Lair lighter somewhere. These were more innocent times. Mm. That, that's when we. <laughs> Can we have the exclusive <laughs> review? Sure. <laughs> Great! Okay. I'm gonna give it a 4.9. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. That's it for retail on PSN. Uh, Earth Defense Force Insect Armageddon is available. Uh, I still have to play the one on Vita. And it's fun. Uh, that, same as the 360 one. That's it, I guess, on PSN. PSP has a game, Class of Heroes 2. Finally, you can play that. On I PSP thought uh, well. didn't Limbo just come out on Vita? Uh, yeah, I'm not there yet though. Oh. See, I'm going, I'm going up and down. You know, Andy Goldfarb <laughs> getting too up. big for his britches. <laughs> uh, Goldfarb's getting a little ahead of himself. On Vita, Limbo. Oh wow! Right here. I hear it's that's a great, a great game. game. Yeah, it's a fantastic <laughs> game. And Quell Memento is out, which is a puzzle game. Uh, PS2 Classics Alpha Romeo Racing Italiano. I'd never even heard of that game. <laughs> what? What? Is that like that random Ford game that they made? <laughs> yeah, that probably. was like probably, Italian yep. for Ford shops. <laughs> and uh, Ultimate Board Game Collection. Is it Ultimate? And probably none of the licensed board games. What so the ultimate be? board game collection without Monopoly or any of the board games you've heard of. I have no idea. Othello is probably in there, maybe. Chinese checkers. Chinese che- yeah, yeah. Anything, anything that's not technically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like anything, that just... anything that's in the common domain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the happy birthday the lim- song. What on earth are the Limbo guys doing, apart from remaking Limbo for every conceivable console? So they do have a new project. They do, yeah, they've been making Which games. is hilarious to me, because they keep calling it Project 2, and like I, I see some sites reporting, like, it's called Project 2. Really and like, is. no, that's not the that's name of the game. It's second project. But uh, yeah, they told us um, around this time last year, actually, that it was two years away. So I'm guessing next year we'll see it. And they, it, they won't show us anything before it's out. They're not that kind of dead. There's one screenshot that came out through like a, a ratings board. Oh, but I it's, remember um, this. This was like forever ago. Yeah, and it looks it looks like the kid from Limbo grown up. Basically, it's like a taller, more lean kid from Limbo. But uh, it's on Unity, so it's scalable. So you will assume it could be on almost every platform if they wanted to. So we'll see. Excellent. I, I, I want wrote, to see what I, they can do. I went to visit the Play Dead chaps. I wrote a, oh, wow. I wrote a short book about them a couple of years ago, and they were working on their new thing. And they literally boarded up the room whenever I was in the building. <laughs> they like blocked it off, locked it. Every time I was in a room, they'd be like, "Wait two seconds," and they take everything off the walls and you hide hear it. Muffled oh. voices. <laughs> <laughs> see, they're protective. <laughs> yeah, clearly, uh, that's it for Roper Report. That's it for games coming out this week, Gregory. But what comes out next week, Colin Moriarty? I don't know. <laughs> I don't Great. Like I'm only kidding. The Last of Us comes out next week. The Last of Us comes out next week, Friday, 
June 14th. Mm, it's very exciting. Big game from Naughty Dog, makers of Uncharted. I'm so glad we can finally talk about it. We've had it for like three weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time until we can say anything about it. Again, ladies and gentlemen, we are not going to spoil any story yeah, no spoilers. for you. No spoilers. We will do a spoiler cast when we come back from E3. Right. And yeah. it'll be a video. They put a bunch of stupid uh, E3 stuff in the way of this, so that sucks. But is that why it's coming out on a Friday? I don't know. It's a good question. The theory was that they're going to announce some kind of PS3 price drop at E3, and so oh. be, that that way they can do like a bundle or something. See, kind of Colin thing. and I did a video about it today because a lot of people tweeted at me today this morning asking why we were reviewing it now. Like, why you're making the wait so much harder? And like, oh, blah, blah. and it's like, no, it's you know they want to build up all this momentum. They want you talking about it for a week. About, I mean, they're confident in this game. That it's, it's a, it's a sign it? of confidence, exactly. Yeah. When, yeah. when an embargo is last second, like when we yeah, don't yeah. get a copy until the game's coming out, that's usually a very bad sign. This early means they're confident that it's going to. All the tens. You figure, yeah, Far Cry Three was like three and a half weeks out. Yeah, the reviews hit because they just they were very confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah excellent. That was probably too far. Out. It's <laughs> rare that you see an embargo yeah. this far out and then the game gets like fours. Far out, far out. Yeah, yeah dude, no. just kind of groovy embargo. We figure now you get to hear about how great this is for a week. Then tomorrow or next week it's E3, and then E3 ends and you can't buy any of those cool games. What you sure can go buy The Last of Us. The Last of Us. Uh, Colin, you gave The Last of Us a 10. I did. Called it a masterpiece. I did. I Why? never even thought about... Re- like, So, the interesting thing, in all the games I reviewed, I've never even approached a 10 in my mind. I'm like, you know, never did I encounter that. And when I started playing The Last of Us, I was like, this game's very impressive. It's very impressive. We were really enjoying it. And we were talking about it more and more. Um, it is probably the most immersive, um, atmospheric game I've ever played. Um, and I think that... You could nitpick little things about it that might be frustrating or technically wrong with it in some way, uh-huh. but nothing breaks the immersion. Nothing makes you not want to play it. Nothing makes you not want to explore it. Not nothing. Nothing makes it not a marvel. If that makes any sense, it's 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 an exceptional game. It really is, and it has like you know I'm not the only one. It has like 27 tens I think right now. I'm yeah, yeah. It's doing excellent. Um, so it's just one of those special games. A masterpiece. A ten on IGN doesn't mean it doesn't have flaws. It means that you can't imagine a game being any better than that. And it, I really can't imagine a game being any better. It's PlayStation 3's best game. Mm, funny you say that. Uh, Michael Spivey writes in and says, Colin, in your review, you said that it is now the t- PlayStation 3's top exclusive. So does that make it definitively PlayStation 3's best game, period? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it does. I mean, you know, there are amazing multi-platform games on PS3, of course. You know, I think about GTA or something like that. Fallout that I really 3. enjoy Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, uh in Skyrim so much, not so much on PS3, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. There, yeah, there, are, there are a lot of great games on PS3, and PS3 also has a lot of great exclusives. And the, the reason I wanted to point out that it was the best exclusive is because PlayStation is known for its high tier exclusives, especially the last few years. Right. Really, since 2009, which we, that was the first of four years we called the, play, the year of the PlayStation. If you remember correctly, <laughs> that's when we broke out that. And every year was the year of the PlayStation. After that, it never actually came true. No. Um, they but, always fucked it up somehow. But when you think about Infamous or Killzone Three or you know, God of War 3, uh, the Uncharted trilogy, um, this game's better than all of them, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and Naughty Dog, I think, is very clearly the best developer in the industry. Um, they just make games that are significantly better than most other games. And, and in several ways as well. Yeah. It's not just the, you know, the technical the technical side. It's the, it's the writing and right. the, the way that they have a grasp of interplay between several characters. I think is is what elevates them. Like they just have a grasp of that that's so far beyond what most people seem to be able to manage. Yeah, and, and in this game especially, the I, I mean I'm not done with it yet. I'm at 81 percent I think. So I'll hopefully be tonight. Here, kid, the voice acting is and and I mean like Troy Baker, Ashley Johnson are incredible, but even supporting cast like right. it's just like all around the voice acting is like ridiculously good. Yeah, Ashley Johnson. I mean, like first yeah. off, you know Ashley Johnson has the best lines. 
she's been given the best lines as Ellie. Because a lot of times I think she reacts like we would or whatever. You know what I mean? There's a great part. I don't want to ruin anything. So there's yeah. a great thing in there for her. But especially Troy Baker's Joel, like having talked to Troy Baker, you know what I mean? Like had a real conversation with him. I wouldn't – if I didn't know anything about – the game, right? I would sit down and not know that was him. 100%. His, his Joel and does not sound like him at all. Not only that, but talking to Troy Baker and then hearing Snow and Booker and all these other characters he's yeah. played, you would certainly not ever connect Joel to that. Like, he sounds – and not only that, but, like, I lived in Texas, and he sounds so much like, like my friend's dad. Like, I mean, like, he just sounds like that southern guy. And so, yeah, he nailed it. Yeah, yeah, he sounds exactly like him. But, no, the game's great so far. I, um, You know, I haven't beaten it yet, so I don't know if I can – well, we're not. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you get the idea of how the game feels at that point. Of course, of course. Um, yeah, I'm like just under ten hours in. I think it's just, it's just an unreal game. I mean, I, I, I think we expected that it was going to be an excellent game, and I think that with the Uncharted two, the core of the Uncharted two team working on this, it was the ex- the expectation was that it was going to be a phenomenal game, but we didn't know how good it was going to be. And like when I when I reflected on the experience, it took me almost eighteen hours to beat it. It took Greg about fifteen. Mm. I was, like, super meticulous going through it because I really wanted to explore this world. Everything's there for a reason. That's, that's what's so cool about it. It's not, there's not just vacant corridors and rooms with fucking stupid furniture and you don't care. Like, there's pictures and toy, you know, kids' toys rotted out, you know, food on the, on the counter. You know, like, people leave their shit in disarray. This house has probably been walked through by 100 survivors picking through it, taking what they need or whatever. Everything's very thoughtfully put together. And what's really remarkable about the game is how quickly Naughty Dog makes these games. Mm-hmm. See, like, that's the other thing. We, we always talk about it when we compare them and we make fun of Team Eco all the time, you know? These guys haven't made a game since 2005. And that time, you know, Naughty Dog made Jack, you know, Jack Racing and then the Uncharted trilogy and then The Last of Us. You know, the Uncharted games have Metacritics of, like, 90, 92, and 96 or something like that. Yeah. And now this game has a Metacritic of 95. Like, I don't know how they do it. But they do, and they do it very quickly. I don't think the last one took more than three years to make. So I don't know. There's just there's just there's something about it. You know, it really is one of the best games I've played in a long, long, long time. And I was talking to a lot of people about you can approach games in two different ways, and what makes games great. You can even talk about like sheer gameplay, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, I think a game like Symphony of the Night's a ten, but I, and and it's got a great atmosphere. But it's really the way the game plays and its mechanics. Uh, you know, finding equipment and exploring this castle is like really fun. The game plays really well. Or Mega Man Three is another good example. Like my favorite game of all time is like, it's a gameplay experience. And uh, the Last House is a gameplay experience, but really the presentational qualities are what make it shine. Mm. The game plays amazingly. There are games that play better than The Last of Us. But you don't care about that because everything around it has a meaning and a purpose. It's the world building yeah. as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's just un, it's just a remarkable game, you know. There's a the way I talked about it. You know, I played it pretty much over a weekend. I had done a little bit ahead of time and then got really you know hours just sitting on the couch over the weekend. And when I was getting ready into the final section of the game, when it's all coming to a close or whatever, I stopped to make lunch and I went out and there's this scene that kind of encaps all this horrible stuff you've gone through, right? And there's, like, this one moment of, like, sunshine or whatever. And I went out and I walked the dog, and I was just thinking about how perfect that was getting out of where we just were and how horrible everything was. But then, like, I started thinking back over, like, all the hours I had been playing, right, of, like, all the things these characters had been through. And it really struck me what a journey it was. And not and obviously, literally, when we found out that it was a cross-country excursion, we're like, oh, well, you'll be seeing all these different things, and that's cool, and you're climbing over crap. But, I mean, like, just the the range of emotions you've felt with these characters, what they've gone through, how you've seen them grow and change, it's amazing. Mm. That was the thing that blew me away. Mm. Uh, let's go to another question, Colin. Jack writes, and he says, Colin, mm. while you not only broke the news on The Last of Us trophies, you also delivered an excellent review. Thank you. There's still one question on my mind. How are said trophies? 
Do you see yourself getting platinum? Yeah, I'll platinum it. It's gonna be it's gonna be harder than the Uncharted. It's a, it's games. a track, man. You uh, get I had, like I have one trophy so far in that what game. You, what did you get? Which one? Uh, for uh, crafting one of everything. I didn't get a, yeah. I didn't get a solitary trophy until I beat it. Wow. Like I didn't. Yeah. I didn't find everything. I didn't, I didn't like, there's not, like, a trophy for completing each chapter or anything like right, that. Like, right, it doesn't, right. it doesn't work. And like for that. a while, I thought it was turned off. And then I was just like, oh, no, I'm just not hitting the yeah. milestones. Because there's not a million trophies in the game. It's not one of those no, games that's not. like, here's a ton, ton of bronzes. It's like, hey. There's a lot of golds. Yeah. And I, I give them a lot of credit for that because it would have been really stupid to do, like, like for this kind of immersive game where, like, the atmosphere is, like, like ding, what you're enjoying ding. about it. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, you shivved ten clickers. Like, I mean, yeah, it would have yeah. broken the immersion, I think. So this was a better approach that, like, like that, it actually like scared the crap out of me when that trophy popped because I was like in a really intense situation and I crafted like a smoke bomb or something and then the trophy popped and it like scared the shit out of me because I'm like as stupid as that sounds like I'm I'm not used to hearing that like yeah. at that point in the game because it, it was like eight hours in by the time I heard a trophy click. So Colin, how many did you get through in your 18 hour play? I got that one, uh, the one for crafting, and I got um, well, I have a multi some multiplayer trophies too. Ah, yes. Uh, yeah, but then I got the trophy for a beat, a silver trophy for beating it. I'm not sure if the trophies stack. I'm not, they I, do. I, they do. I, I wasn't paying attention when I got those trophies. But, but like, here's the thing about it is that they stack. Did you play it on hard? I played play on, on. I played. I would have played when it on you're hard, playing. When you're I playing for an, yeah, when we review, you usually play on normal. So you play on normal, which unlocks survivor. So you can play on survivor now to get the hard trophy. But that's just on that one game. So when you go new game plus, you start on normal again. Shit. So you're gonna have to play it again. On, you, 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 that's you, okay. You go back to the other game, play it on Survivor, and then you go back to New Game Plus. You play it through. So um, you'd have to do three plays. See that? That's right. Yeah, I mean that, that's the beauty of the game, though, is that you can get through it in so many different ways. I mean, it's a linear game, but you can you can get through it in so many different ways that it makes you want to play it over and over again. I know. I felt a real. I wrote about this a little bit where I felt a, a real feeling of frustration. Yeah. Uh, when I would be seen, like when I'm slinking around, I'm being very meticulous and. I'm there for 15 minutes, and these guys are slinking around. And I'm being very careful, and I'm shipping them or strangling them very slowly. And then someone sees you, and it's like, "Well, I'm going to go forward." That's kind of the way. That's the way the cookie crust crumbles, or whatever. But I kind of want to go back and play it again and see if no one will see me the next time. You yeah. know what I mean? And then you could take the guns blazing approach. You could just melee the shit out of people, or you could just go through parts without fighting anyone at all, um, which is something I rarely did. Yeah, um, but you could. You could. Yeah, for me, it's the exact opposite. For it's like how you talked about Journey and Walking Dead. Like my experience with it was my experience with it, and I don't want to really double back to that too. That's the whole thing. I didn't when I was like, oh, maybe I'm not getting the trophies. I didn't jump in to see if I was getting them. I was just like, that's not wh- how, why this what this game exists. Yeah, to me. it yeah. certainly is a game I didn't give a shit about the trophies in. Yeah, I didn't want to have to be like. It's not the kind of game that you should play like with a trophy guide in front of you. Like, well, you're gonna have to. Well, I mean, I think you'd have to to get all the collectibles if you want. If you're going for that platform. That's yeah. the thing is, I can't believe how many collectibles I missed. Right. The, yeah. So, so the one thing is the chapters on. It's on. It's not like Uncharted where the chapters unlock when you beat the game. You can't see the chapter list until you beat the game. It also doesn't tell you like, oh, chapter six. Like, I mean, you, you're playing yeah, through seamlessly as yeah, it's that's going. That's cool. So it's different in Uncharted, and that's it. But when you when you go into the list. It tells you like everything you've missed, and I'm like, I can't believe like I was, I can't believe I missed anything. Like that's what's so exciting about it too. It's like, what didn't I see? Yeah, that that that's like, very true. Is that I was, I this is the first like uh you know Colin in charge of the PlayStation beat now. I'm I'm out here doing my crazy videos and stuff. So this is the first Naughty Dog game I was able to beat. And then literally immediately start talking to Naughty Dog about, right? I wasn't reviewing it. I didn't give a flying fuck. So I was like talking. That was like crazy. But like the bonus to that was like I beat it and I was direct messaging and texting people and, and getting on the phone with certain people. And one of them was like, well, did you see this? And I was like, no, I didn't. So I got to run back and load my save and go check that. I'm like, holy shit. This is so crazy. Yeah, there's little things everywhere. In the game. There's tons of stuff. It's going to be one of those games where 
people are going to like people are going to start putting it out like did you see this did you see that you be you, you know you when you were finally through this one spot i went and i was like all right well did you see x y and z because i had been looking for this thing the whole time and i finally found the evidence i was looking for and i was excited about that that's kind of like bioshock infinite that was a game that because because it's very rare in a directed kind of linear structure game that you miss stuff you know because usually it's like hey hey look look we made this look at it look at it we made right. it but with Bioshock Infinite, when I finished that, and then I was talking to people about it, and they were like, well, you missed this, you didn't see this, you didn't see that. Did you, the, all the codec things, did, yeah, you, didn't the even see Exactly, yeah. the voxophones tell, like, even Amazing just some stories. of the vignettes about, like, the, the woman who's married to a handyman, and little mm. things that have literally nothing to do with the core story, but it's, like, over the course, they build up to a separate thing, yeah. A friend of mine didn't get the little thing with the, the little folk song and the guitar in the basement. Oh, yeah. That. So, yeah. yeah, Last of Us... It's really rare to have, and Last of Us has stuff like that too. Yeah, like you awesome. will, you will find little written notes from people or, or things in houses that find that, that stuff because yeah. that for me was the best for like sure. There, it adds a lot. Yeah, there. I don't. Again, I, this sucks that you can't. Talk, I still want to talk about it, but there was like for real, like the op- the openings. Cra- like you know, there's all these emotional moments throughout this game, but like the first one that made me pause the game and like react to my life was a note I found. It wasn't. It wasn't even like something crazy. Like. I saw Ellie do this, that, or the other. Yeah, and the beauty—the beautiful thing about the notes and the, you find voice recorders and all these things, uh, you know, comic books and all sorts of things in the yeah. game—is that um, they're all handwritten. You know, and it's not the first game to do that. There are some games that really pay attention to presentation that do something like that. But the notes are all, you know, handwritten. They're crumbled. They got. They're not you know, in Comic Sans. But not, not in <laughs> Comic Sans. They're weathered. You know, some of them have been sitting here for a long time. And what's really cool is that like these tell a lot of these tell stories about people you never meet. And, but you're yeah. maybe you're in their house or like you're where they lived for several years after after the pandemic. Um, and the other cool thing about the game that I think people are really going to appreciate, I think that I appreciated in this game more than any other game I've ever played, is that the enemies feel human, um, and you're uncomfortable killing them. Uh, well, it's not even that the enemies feel human; it's that the human elements, so the the human enemies feel human, and and yeah. obviously the the clickers, the the infected, do not. And it, it is like a marked difference when you're fighting them because you you you, you almost alternate you know you, you might go through a long section where it's all infected and then suddenly you come up on humans and you have to use a totally different strategy like you can't sneak up on them the same way you have to do everything differently like and I, like against humans I almost entirely used guns against infected I never used guns and so like it's like really interesting just kind of adapting your strategy yeah I, yeah in terms of how you feel about killing them as well like all zombie fic- all good zombie fiction anyway plays with this thing of like is there still an element of human in there mm-hmm. and yeah. i think uh, for a lot of people the problem with zombie fiction is like this immediate switch that people have where they're like oh zombies now let's do killing and the last of us deals with that very well because the inhumanity of the clickers of the infected is so well expressed they are so creepy the way they move the way that and you you could you then relate to because jo- without spoiling anything, Joel's been through a lot, like, and you like, relate to all the things that he's had to do, and that you've got that distinction between you've got the the danger that is the infected and the danger that is other people, the man's inhumanity to man aspect. Actually, reminded me a little bit of the road. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. that's oh, that's yeah. What, that's well. that's the first sentence in my review is yeah. that it's it's the analog to the road, like. Th- it, it it is the road in many ways. I mean, it's the it's instead of a father and a son, it's a man and a, and a little girl that have a parental sort of relationship that evolves um but yeah i love like i love how uncomfortable it is to like strangle a dude and he's grasping at it's not like a guy that like it just collapses like an accordion like one of many soldiers or something it's like he's grasping at your arm he's you stab him in the neck he's gurgling and like he's begging for his life and stuff like that like even the clickers 
or actually the, it's the, the runners, the runners, the runners, like, the runners yeah. like somehow become cognizant when you're fighting them. So like, yeah. like you hear them oh, yelling and yeah. stuff. Yeah, they, they talked about this. This isn't a spoiler for the game because it's been in previews since the first time I, I when I went hands on and actually saw these guys in action. Is the fact the runners when they're not in an agitated state and don't know you're around. The you know the idea is that the uh, virus, the cordyceps, the fungus are growing out of them and they're changing and they're still somehow a little bit cognizant of what you do. So you walk into rooms with them and they're standing there and they're just sobbing and moaning and like it's like holy fucking shit. It's creepy. It's yeah. creepy. Yeah, and the, and the clickers are the clickers are horrifying. Like I, I, mm. I, I, there's a very specific time the first time you meet them and and it's you don't have to fight them at all. I think they're there to kind of like for the developer to kind of be like, Hey, here they are. And like, if you want yeah. to mess with them, it's like can. a big daddy in Bioshock one yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, they're just terrifying. Like yeah. every time you see them and you see them skulking about a map or whatever, it's like, God damn it. Like these guys are horrifying because they can't see you. They hear you. So like you could flash them with a flashlight and do all these things, but like, you can't make any noise, you know, and you could be right next to them. Yeah, that's that and was so the that, scary. Yeah. that was the really fucked up part of like when they when you they introduce these guys and explain to them that you know they only see you if you move. So there's times where you're just crouched down and they're like walking past you and you're like, are they gonna sense that I'm here? Because if it's like anything, right? It's like if you're moving around a room, you sometimes you sense things in the dark, right? It's the same thing. It's but like, Jesus. it's also that's where like the resource scarcity comes in because it is really insanely like like sometimes you are out of everything and yeah. you have to find a creative way to get past the situation and like like with clickers like you know you you can use a shiv to to take them down but if you don't have one and if you you only have like one hit left on your melee weapon like you suddenly have to rethink your entire strategy and it's like it's nerve-wracking like there are parts of that game that are actually you know it's not like a horror game necessarily but that are legitimately scary and tense because like, I totally you don't know like how a, to get out I, fe- I, like, I think it's a horror game i thought it was survival horror for sure in the middle of it because it's, it's so much sure. there, there, there are sections of it that absolutely feel like survival horror to me mm-hmm. but then there are other sections that i don't know it just feels like a general adventure game like i feel like it actually kind of it transcends those genres in a really interesting yeah, way I mean, because yeah because it is like it takes elements of you know a, yes. a roller coaster action game like uncharted and it takes elements of survival horror and it just For it's sure. just like this is what we are this is what i am yeah, yeah there's there's one sequence in there's one sequence i talked to you about the next day where i was like it, it felt more resident evil than the past few resident evil second or games i've played yeah i mean it, it embraces this sort of um this dystopian like post-apocalyptic thing it like doesn't let up at all and that's why it's like the road to yeah. me because like if you haven't read consistent yeah if you haven't read the road by Cormac McCarthy it's really one of the great modern books and that I've read anyway and and it is a book that is just dark it is just dire and it just doesn't get better at all it's like what we talk about with the resistance but uh, you know like where resistance just gets worse and worse like I was it, devastated by the road I remember finishing because it's a very short book and it's in quite you know it's quite in quite large mm-hmm. print as well so it's like a 250 page book you can read in a couple of hours yeah hours yeah I read it one yeah overnight one night I read it on a train not not knowing I just like because because I, I was Cormac McCarthy obviously one of the great American novelists and I was you know, like, oh, I will read this one. I'll pick this. And I read it on a train and I was devastated. I was on my way to a meeting on a train. I got off the train like, like couldn't really think properly. Like, absolutely devastated. <laughs> Having to go to this meeting and try not to think about the, about the book. It was terrible. Yeah. yeah. Also, Cormac McCarthy, interesting, was the inspiration for The Last of Us. Because they came out of No Country for Old Men and thought, we can do that. We can do something like that. We can do something that's that meaningful. It definitely has that effect, too. Like, I mean, I'm... I've so far I've had two long sittings and I I think I can beat it in in one more single sitting probably and maybe I don't know we'll see how long how much I play tonight. Mime like, where you are. Mind where I am. Mime. Mime where I'm I joking. am. Joking. There's no way. What are you gonna do? I mean, I'll tell you. I I kind of could. I I don't think. That's <laughs> <a very nice. laughs> no spoilers. No, but anyway, what I, what I was gonna say is like that that feeling where it's like. It's just like this weight on you, like the events you've gone through when you're thinking about everything that's happened. Like I keep coming in every morning having to pull Colin to a meeting room and just have this like terrible stream of consciousness because I need to 
talk to yeah. somebody yeah. about like what these people have gone through. Yeah, because it's just like it, it's so hard to just like hold that weight. As stupid as it sounds, like you're you're so connected to these characters so quickly that like the shit they go through, you're like holy crap! Like it weighs on you so heavily. And I, I can't wait to see where it ends up. I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to it, too. I'm, I'm excited for everyone out there to play it. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to re- make a request to Podcast Beyond listeners. Play the game and be, you know, be you know in a dark room. Maybe put on your headphones. Yes, you have headphones for sure. Um, the sound is that's amazing. How I'm playing, yeah. And don't rush. Explore. Yep. Explore everything. Go in every room. Use your shivs to open sh- the shiv doors that you find. Read the notes. Like, pour through everything, you know. Upgrade your weapons. Upgrade Joel. Do, like, take your time with the game, because you could run through the game in ten to twelve hours, probably. But like, that's not fun. You know, do it later when you're speed running or doing your new game plus or whatever. But like, the first time you play it, play it the way it's meant to be played and really take it in. I'm telling you, you're not going to have an experience like this anytime soon again. I don't think on a video game. So, and not only that, but when you're going through rooms, don't even just look, like explore everywhere for collectibles. But also, like, if you step back and actually look at like the design in some of those rooms, just the environments themselves, like without telling an actual story just from like what's going on in that room it tells a little story yeah, like i mean run mental narrative exactly yeah. perfect there it's go. new buzzword there yeah i mean I, I i don't know if this would be considered sports for all weight but yeah there's like there's stuff in certain places where i was just like wow that's like in one one thing you see tells a story and you know exactly what happened to the people who used to live there and it's like fucking brutal and devastating and, and that's the thing games oh, sorry. should get, sorry that, that's the thing games should do more and it's the thing games can do that can be done to a limited extent in film and not really in books like you know they, they can have incidental stuff that you can either find or not and that tells a story through just existing you know you, you need to physically describe something as a writer in a book you need yep. to physically show something in a film but you know it, it, games can do environmental emergent narrative like that like nothing else can fallout's always been very good at it too. yep fall and yeah. like, All like games, yeah. i mean and it's funny you, you mentioned bioshock infinite earlier like mm-hmm. they're they're once we can talk spoilers they're they're you know not even story-wise but just like the the progression of the game and the mechanics of the game have a lot of really interesting things in common with that that i think are going to be kind of fascinating to explore and and the other thing greg that i want to say uh-huh. just real quick before we move on is that a lot of people have been very distressed online about spoilers for the last funny say that easton writes into beyond at ign.com i may have gotten the last of us spoiled for me through reading comments on the ign video while i quickly looked away after the first few words what was revealed to me makes me less excited to play the game it may have been some troll looking for fake spoilers but i somehow doubt it my question is even though i was exposed to what may have been a major spoiler is the game still worth experiencing and will the rest of the game be fresh enough to justify a purchase? Right, so that's an insane question it, it is but, here, but here's the thing that i'm the, here's the thing that i've observed because I, I we've read some things about the game before it came out remember we were talking about like this accidental spoilers yeah. that we read and then people i only been, read one i only ran into yeah. one and it was in the it was in the heat of everybody's like there's spoilers everywhere and like there it was Based on the fact these cutscenes got leaked, uh, oh, or yeah, whatever, the, there was the descriptions of cutscenes. Th- yeah. yeah, the file names through the demo were leaked. But here's the thing about all of this, at least from what I've seen, both before and today. Yeah, because people have been, you know, asking me like, "Is this really a spoiler?" And someone even linked me to an article where it's like the five biggest Last of Us spoilers. I haven't read one real spoiler yet, not one. A lot, there's like a million fake spoilers out there. Like I'm like, I, someone wrote into Beyond today, and it's like. Here's the spoiler. If you scroll down, can you tell me if it's? I'm like, this is totally fucking fake. This isn't even in the game. That's almost exciting. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So I kind of feel like a lot of the spoilers are just totally bullshit. Like yeah. the, the article that the dude sent me about like the five biggest, the last of the spoilers. Four of them were like not even remotely true. Yeah. So and one of them was kind of true. So I, I mean, was like, so like, I, I, what I'm saying is, dodge the spoilers. Don't don't feed into that shit. But don't worry if you saw something because I'm telling you, chances are, and I'm not saying there aren't real spoilers. Sure. Because I'm sure there are, but. 
you may not think that you may think that the game has been spoiled and it's really not been. No, yeah, exactly. Nothing. I mean, like if there's on the one one of the guys who wrote in, maybe there was multiple. I don't know that I saw when I was doing the emails here about it. You know, part of the spoiler he said was was true, but it's part of the spoiler. I've been one of the hypotheses we've been doing since like the second rewind theater. Like it's not like mm. nobody has spoiled the end of the game that I've saw. The spoiler we saw, or, you know, months ago when this all happened was a definitive, here's how the game ends. Bam. And like when I was playing through the game, it was totally out of my mind. I didn't even think about it. And then when I beat the game, I was like, Oh, wait a second. By the way, that spoiler wasn't even true. You're on a journey here. You, it doesn't matter if you know where you're going. It's how you get there. A lot of people looking for attention out there with a bunch of bullshit is basically what I'm saying. So, <laughs> so you know, it's actually our job. I was going to say, I was going to say, can that be the Podcast Beyond tagline? Podcast Beyond. Looking, looking for, for attention, attention with a, a lot of bullshit. It's <laughs> good. So that's, that's it. Enjoy. We won't be able to talk to you about it next week because we'll be at E3. Uh, Podcast Beyond will be happening next week, though. We'll have Shuhei Yoshida as we do every Our week. annual yes. Shuhei Yoshida roundtable. And I hope he brings another crazy colored Vita. Yep. So I was saying to Colin, my prediction, like when, like on February twenty third, like a few days after the event or whatever, was uh, that the first time we touched the controller would be at the Shuhei Beyond under his tutelage. I, I now know that that's not true, but so no oh, sad times. Well, wait, you're right. Touched close. It. Well, we will have by then. We will have later. Yeah, yeah. Controller. I have a Vita sticker from E3 2011 that says I touched it. Has a little Vita logo. All right, well, we got we got thirty minutes left, mm. at least. Mm. We better kick it in overdrive with the topic of the week. Annual E3 predictions. We go oh, around yeah. the room. I forgot PlayStation we were doing E3 that. predictions. We each make one. We each have five. Mm-hmm. Colin, you can do sure. the honors. You want me to start? Yeah. And we'll go. go what do I begin with? Give me, give me a PlayStation Vita one. Okay. That's where I want to start. Okay. Give me the little appetizer. Okay. This is kind of a two-parter. Just because they're two games. Here we go. This is where we get into the goddamn. <laughs> the oh, point Colin three. gets point <laughs> two five points. Two. Two big PS3 or PlayStation uh, franchises will migrate to PlayStation Vita. And both games will be announced at, at E3. One is Infamous, and the other is God of War. And they'll both be announced and will be released later this year. Okay. Okay. Well, so that's mean, like a three-part. You migrate you or divert? suck. That's, it, well, they're not going to be existing games. The, the franchise will now appear right. for the first time on right. Vita. No, no it, it, we... we we can do it like this. You can't just say like one definitive thing. Yeah, because that makes sense and be fast and be yeah, fun. No. But you're like, oh, <laughs> um, two okay. games will Colin be says. announced. So there's two predictions and they'll be released this year. Two more. Great. There, Colin spent four <laughs> of his five <laughs> All right, in one you. breath. Here we go. Um, one of mine actually was also God of War and Vita. I, I think that is absolutely happening and this is the time for it. So. Ready at dawn? Um, so Ready It's On had said they were moving on. Remember they made that big deal out of sending back their yeah, PSP but then they, dev kits. But that was and years then, ago. Didn't they do – they said that and then they put out the next God of War. Yeah, so that's that right. That was in between years I mean maybe it's Ready It's On. They, Ready It's On job listings forever ago suggested they were working on a console game. Um, and they were going to send back their dev kit. They looked at their hard drive. They're like, oh, we made a game on here. <laughs> <laughs> we should release this. Oh, man, we did a lot And of remember they were, in the, they were like prominently in the, in the development their logo, system for yeah. PS4. Well, yeah. like, one of their guys, like, the head of the studio was in that mm, yeah. that reel where, like, everyone was talking about the PS4. Yeah. I mean, and they did. They had they had job listings. This was, like, a year ago now that said next-gen console game. But uh, whoever makes it, I do think it's – God of War makes sense on Vita now because a PS4 God of War, like, God of War Ascension came out this year, you know? And so I think it would be kind of weird to already have another one. But we'll see. Yeah. I think you have to have something. Yeah. Buy the system and, like, create a sell systems. Well, and – Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. Oh! <laughs> Hello. Damn. Keza? Uh, I'm going to stick my neck out and say we're going to get a price for PS4. Oh, okay. okay. I think okay. it's going to be okay. about 450 US dollars. 
But mm. I'm going to just say we're going to get a price. That's my prediction. Okay. okay. I like that. 450 how do we feel about that price? We'll see. Because we'll I have a guess, too. Oh! <laughs> I'm saying they show uh, PlayStation 4 Uncharted debut. Okay. Whether it be trailer, whether it be a gameplay demo. Or Probably logo. We all love logos. No, no That's logo. They won't just do a logo. <laughs> Evan Wells is going to come out and be like, you've heard about The Last of Us, huh? Let me show you the prequel to The Last of Us Uncharted 4. <laughs> the many of us. <laughs> uh, where do I go from here? I don't know. Another 12-part prediction. Go ahead. Oh, okay. PlayStation 4 will get a release date, and it will get a price. 399 US dollars, one SKU only. It will come out on November 12th in the United that States. That's terrifying. Very specific. You are arresting yeah. in your specificity. <laughs> okay. Uh... <laughs> Just an amazing little flourish of scoring out there. It was awesome. Um, so I addressed this last week, uh, but I want to make it official on the record. There will not be a Vita price cut. Instead, they will add value by just releasing bundles to hell. But there, there, it will still cost $250 to get a Vita. Okay. I think you'll get money off Vita when you buy a PlayStation 4. Ooh. Mm. I think there'll be an incentive program. Wasn't there be a bundle? Ooh. Or is that too crazy? That's too crazy. That would there be too was, much money. We had a question forever ago. Someone was like, do you think the, the PS4 will come with the Vita? And I, no. like, standard, no, absolutely not. But I think that they will incentivize you to get one, and I think that might be monetary. Or you'll get loads of free games if you buy Vita mm. once you bought a PS4. But there'll be an incentive. Smart. Two SKUs for PlayStation 4. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. One dollar and ten thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that's it? Yeah. I know how to make a prediction that is to the point. Uncharted 4 will be revealed. It will be shown in trailer form. It will be dated 2014. <laughs> I love how they get like narrower and narrower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a clues for a quiz show. <laughs> um, now remember, Mitchell Morgan, when you're grading these, if all of them come true, he doesn't get three points. He gets one point. <laughs> <laughs> I say no Uncharted 4. No logo, Ooh. no anything. Uncharted 4 will not be at the conference. Not even a one more thing, and it's just Drake. I nope. agree. I agree there's going to be no Uncharted 4, but obviously that's not a separate prediction. Yeah. I predict that there will be four new indie games excellent indie games that are playstation vita or ps4 exclusives not just being taken over wow that'll be big yeah i'll continue on this exclusive train ea is going to come out and show a bunch of dumb games we don't care about and give us a bunch of dumb exclusives we don't care about Mm. here's battlefield 4 and you're gonna get a fucking helmet if you get it on ps3 oh so you mean like incentive like DLC and stuff. Right, like that. exactly. Like their Retail Dead Space stuff. Where oh, and this game's got included on the Dead Space disc. In my opinion, I think EA is the one company that will not do that because they're they were just at the Microsoft thing. They, you know, the rumor is that Respawn's game is Xbox exclusive. So your prediction sucks. <laughs> no, I like the conversation, but I'm, I'm I'm a student of history. Okay, and I know how dumb this thing's going. Yeah, I mean, Battlefield Three had like what a week exclusivity on PS3. Yeah, the DLC and stuff, and then yeah. Dead Space. True. Do you think Mark Kearney's had any sleep since the last uh, the nope. last appearance he made in public? Definitely not. He's, he's just not working on that. Oh, I gotta make this game now. The <laughs> <laughs> guy looked like he hadn't had any sleep in eight months. I know. Yeah. It was especially scary in person. Like we were reasonably up close, and yeah. he just looked so dead. Yeah, it was. It was fun. He was. I liked his passion. On the oh last yeah, I love that guy. Yeah. But just someone should let him sleep. Yeah. There should be like a petition <laughs> <laughs> allow Mark Kearney to sleep. It reminds me of the way Nintendo probably treats Miyamoto. 
<laughs> yeah, I, just I, wheels him out. He's like, I don't even know where I am anymore. Yeah. Right? <laughs> There's some story that, that Rich always tells about how, like, apparently he used to ride his bike to work, and at a certain point, they're like, you can't do that anymore. You're too valuable. And, <laughs> and he got interviewed by, like, I don't even remember who it was, but, like, he just has this sad quote where he was like, yeah, I used to love... They were like, what do you do for fun? He's like, I used to love riding my bike, but I can no longer do it. <laughs> Damage protected. Asset protected, isn't it? That's amazing. God. My fourth prediction. Here we go. Pack a lunch. <laughs> PlayStation Vita will get a price cut, effective immediately <laughs> upon announcement, for $199. I love this. I like that we have directly conflicting... Yeah. Yeah, I like that's this. good. Um, all Destiny DLC will be exclusive to PS4 for 30 days. Mm. Was that now? Was that part of the leaked document or no? No, okay. no, it was the opposite. It was that it was going to be exclusive to Xbox 720 at the time for one year, which obviously didn't happen. Um, no, yeah, they, you know, we know they've so, you know, Call of Duty, for example, when they announced Call of Duty Ghosts, they were like, tune in on May 21st for the Xbox reveal, and then obviously they renewed their 30 day exclusivity thing with Activision and Microsoft. Like you always say, like they're to the point they're butting up against that against that line where Sony's going to be like, what the fuck are you doing, and get really angry at Activision. In the Destiny trailer, they were like, watch the Sony conference, see the worldwide gameplay reveal of Destiny. I think they'll give them the same deal, but for this game. Mm. Okay. Okay. Square Enix is going to come out with Final Fantasy, but it will be restored as an exclusive to Sony. Mm. I think, I think Final Fantasy is going excited back to PlayStation. For E3. That was <laughs> the best. That was the best thing at part so of that please conference. Please be excited. It was great. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Sony Ben comes out. Shows their next PlayStation Vita game. It is not Uncharted Golden Abyss 2. Or any Uncharted. Mm. That's funny you talk about Sony Bend. Mm, hilarious. Sony Bend will come out. Yeah. They will reveal Siphon Filter Rebooted for PlayStation 4. Ah. Authoritative scoring out of predictions. <laughs> <laughs> just throw them a face now. Just... I will get 0. 0.5 <laughs> points for it. <laughs> well, Colin, it's oh. funny that you mentioned Sony Bend. Because I say Final Fantasy will not be exclusive to the PlayStation 4. <laughs> I, I think it'll be multi-platform. I, I mean, I, because they announced for PS4, I'm sure it will be at the um, conference or whatever. But yeah, I, I think it will also be on three or on Xbox One. I was going to go Vita price cut, so I'm going to have to think of a new one now. You can, you can double down. Yeah, I doubled up with uh, God of War Vita. It's true. That's well, because, again, Moriarty like, lists everything that could happen. <laughs> You're so I'm mad. Gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, Jack Trenton might be there, and Kaz <laughs> will step up at some point. Jack Trenton's eye <laughs> will be blue. Uh, I reckon there will be Ridge Racer. Ridge? Oh. <laughs> the one that was announced already? Oh, wait. They were announced Ridge Racer. Right. That's no good. How about Little Big Planet? New Little Big Planet. Oh, okay. okay. I'm going to predict that as that's shown possible. in trailer form. Is it a PS4 game? I think it's a PS4 game. I think mm. it's a PS4 game. It's also a Vita game. Hmm. That's what's up. I jumped around. I moved my predictions around, so I'm, I'm ending on a complete wet fart nobody cares about. <laughs> but it's one people tweet all the time. Pepon Vita. Oh, fuck. I, that wasn't going to be it. <laughs> Viva Pena. Oh, no. No, yeah. Okay, I'll change it. I'll, I'll sub in the Greg Miller hopes and dreams that there will be a Patapon game announced for some PlayStation that platform. That dead, Greg. No way. No way. <laughs> What, what do you like? I just I'm I'm picturing this moment where where Greg <laughs> like the professional Greg Miller is on camera watching the conference. We have his reactions, and they announce Pat upon, and everyone's rolling their eyes, checking their phones, and Greg's in tears. <laughs> so happy. We've been beating his chest. Hey, I was I held this together in the PlayStation Four reveal, except for when I heard Nate Fox's voice. As soon as I heard his, I was like, Aah! and Damon's like, what? I'm like, it's called the Infobot. It's Nate Fox. <laughs> There you go, ladies and gentlemen. What was the ge- what was the one that doesn't count? But that you what was oh, people tweet all the time asking if there's going to be a Vita redesign. There will not be a Vita no, redesign not yet. No. There will be. 
Wonder. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I, don't I mean, I don't what, what's going to even do to it? Exactly. Make screen yeah, I, even bigger. Lighter. Like make it lighter. I mean, or yeah, or not use an OLED screen. Like I, I mean, I like think better battery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think uh, HDMI out is going to be on the reason. It's not bad. But you don't. Uh, so you have to buy really I mean, yeah. I, I can see Something them changing proprietary. changing components and changing out ports, but I don't think the actual design of it. Like, if we're talking like, you know, like if you think of like PSP two thousand to three thousand, sure, something like that, I can obviously see, see happening. But I can't see like three thousand to go. Like, I can't see like oh, a no, yeah, huge no, 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 no. like form. But we all saw how much they loved to iterate on the PSP. Yeah, yeah, like, I, that's what I'm. Oh yeah, about. Th- that will event- if if you consider that a redesign, sure, they'll but eventually add they, some they ports. They only started and stuff. iterating on the PSP once it had sold so many. That they'd kind yeah, of run out of fine, Japanese people to sell PSPs to, <laughs> and they had to put new stuff on it. But you figure if they can figure out a way to make it cheaper and do this, that, and the other. Yeah. But that's the thing. When they went from like the fat to the second to what, the 1000, 2000, it was awesome. And it, it was like it, kind of like the original DS to the DS yeah. Lite kind of change. But with Vita, like I I think for me at least, it's pretty much perfect form factor wise. Yeah. It is. It's gorgeous. Like I don't feel like it's gorgeous too fat or too heavy or anything. Gorgeous. 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 So, ladies and gentlemen, what are your E3 predictions? Let us know. In the comments on this podcast. <laughs> that, uh, they, go to the article. Remember, we make an article. Go there and leave your comments there. Make sure you tweet at us, but we'll get that off. Now, here's what we got, Colin. Okay. Got 19 minutes before 4 o'clock. Okay. We've done an hour-long podcast already, uh, though. Uh, what do you want to do? You want to you want to hang in there with it? You want to keep going? You want to take the 19 minutes back to your desk and do something? Yeah, let's uh, let's wrap it up. I got some things to take care of. What yeah, do you think? Have, are there, no, like, a quick question? Anything interesting? I just closed the question box because I was uh. going to go find something else. Hold on, I'll reopen it, though. Phil, Phil, time. Talk to Keza about cookies. Hey, Keza. Hey, so wait, cookies? About shit. I, got, I, cookies? Got, I got answers. I don't have cookies. Are, are we going to trade Nintendo items? Did you look at my list? Yeah, I don't have any of the stuff you want. Okay. I I have, I'll still give you a Samus helmet if you want it. I still want that Samus helmet. Okay. Greg, I have a bunch of Animal Crossing stuff for you, too, because your house is so sad and empty. I did, street oh, thank past, you. I did street past Greg's house, and I went in and I was like, oh. Yeah. You, the, have, you have the Pikmin thing I need, though. Obsessing. I could trade you some cool Zelda stuff or something. Yes. I would like to defend my house's honor. What <laughs> happened is I went to a wedding, and I played it all the way there and all the way back, and then I landed, and the gameplay lab was like, we need your cart for capture. So yes. I haven't played Animal Crossing in like a week and a half. That's okay. why there's another guy in there posting things on my wall saying how bad I am. But I swear to God, it's fine. Everything will be fine. All the questions are about Last of Us. Here's quick fire last of a question from Ecobly. How about that? Well, I misclicked. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. It's a, it's a nightmare. It's a misclick. It's a misclick. It's, a misclick. <laughs> it's, it's not, okay. It happens to all of us. Yeah, you know, I swear this is my first time. Uh, all right. Ecobly's quick hit questions for you, Colin. Okay. Number one. Playing the demo that came on God of War Ascension, I noticed how chatty all the characters are. While there is no reason not, while there is no reason not develop characters through dialogue... <laughs> I noticed how loud they would come across, even while in the vicinity of clickers. This goes against the feeling that these guys need to move across the cities like ghosts. Doesn't this tend to break the immersion of the story? I guess so. I didn't really experience anything quite like that. The one, the one immersion-breaking thing that I did experience, which only happened a few times, and it's easy to look past because it really doesn't ruin the experience at all, but it's, it's, it's interesting, is, especially with Ellie when she's moving around environments and you're slinking around. If, she, if the AI gets caught... Like your friendly AI gets caught in an awkward place, she'll like run yeah. right in front of someone. Yeah, I had, I had, and, they, and they won't see her because they know that that's totally unfair. It would have been nice if they like maybe, you know, they should have either. I, I mean, like I personally, it's it's, it's the it's the risk you run, right? We all hate escort missions. We talk about that all the time, right? So that we've all played those games where you have to put somebody in a dumpster and then go play the game. So they have to either have it where she stands all the way in the back and out of sight, and then that's kind of weird because you don't want to leave this girl. The, that's the Elizabeth effect, where Elizabeth just kind of got ignored, although that kind of makes yeah. sense within the context of the game. Sure. I mean, I, I do think, it's not like an escort mission where you have to constantly protect her or anything, but there, there are... She contributes. It, she contributes, but there are situations in The Last of Us where you have to 
assist an, an AI companion. Like, that is right. a thing that happens. But, like, I mean, I've, I had it where straight up Tess ran into a clicker, and the clicker doesn't react or notice her. And I, but, but you figure, for me, then, what? I think it happened one other time. It's like 90%, 95% of the time I played, it was no big deal. And it, I liked having them around, and I did like the, hey, asshole, and she'd throw something. Or I yeah. found this when I – I totally when I, nailed yeah. that guy. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, when it, I had it is, nothing. It, it's funny. And I mean, I, I keep saying this, but like you do get all these shades of Elizabeth, though, when, when she's like, hey, can you use this? And hands you a health kit, and it's like it's like a, a really similar mechanic that, mm. that you need. I think it's a really smart way to evolve how AI works in a game. Sure. Because, I mean, like it doesn't make as much sense for them to be like, you know – doing what you want to do and kill every enemy in the room or anything number two for quick fire these are long questions but i i I trust you i like you uh can you guys objectively compare the last of us to bioshock infinite the so-called game to beat for game of the year i mean objectively last of us is a much better game i think than bioshock infinite i think that it is it seems to not have any of the total thematic contradictions that bioshock infinite has I mean, I have to beat it. I, I, it's for me too early to make that call. I think sure. like for a lot of the like mechanical things, it's actually really similar. Like I keep saying, but I, do, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't have that weird, which never bothered me in Bioshock Infinite, but like a lot of people freaked out about like the digging pineapple corpses and finding a pineapple and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really have that kind of like ridiculousness that people talk about. Yeah. yeah, like I think The Last of Us probably uh, addresses things like that significantly better. And I think um, there are little, there are little like moments in The Last of Us that were were equally as poignant as something in Bioshock Infinite in terms of like the world building and things like that. But The Last of Us being grounded as like a world that we know, I, I think gives it like a huge advantage in that way. Like I, I think it's uh it's easier to be affected by something that that isn't in a ridiculous floating city. You know what I yeah. mean? Like like when you see like holy shit, like this was probably like a bank where thousands of people worked and now it's like fucking all bombed out and there's corpses everywhere. Like that I think is more effective than like the floating parade fair in Bioshock talking about the history of Comstock or whatever. So I, I just think they're like, they're obviously trying for very different things, but it's, I don't know. When I, I would have to beat it to be able to actually like compare it. I think. The strange thing about Infinite for me was that while I was playing Infinite, I didn't care at all about any of the things that were quite clearly wrong with it. And I was totally caught up and I, I, I was sold. I was totally sold on it and I bought in and I loved it. But then after I finished it, and start, especially when I started reading criticism and discussing criticism with people, a lot of it was just didn't make any sense. Sure. And especially the kind of the, the way it handles race was just weird. Like it, it got weird. I mean, about again, three quarters the, of the way through, and I didn't notice while I was playing. I just the race, bought in. The race stuff makes more sense in the context of like the box phones and like the added, yeah, yeah, the yeah. additive narrative that the the additional narrative rather you can find from looking at stuff. I think um, I don't, I don't know. I like Infinite is a very special game in that I think it's it's about it and actually in a similar way to the last of us it is less about the world than it is about the characters and yeah. i think bioshock one is about rapture you are yeah, a yeah, conduit yeah. to learn about rapture whereas infinite columbia is just the place for elizabeth and booker's story and i think a lot of people feel the opposite of that about about columbia that it's a game about columbia essentially maybe well, I, think I mean with you, i think it's a character study for me the last of us is a halfway point between those two things like you're learning about the world in that it it teaches you things about like ellie is born into this world and that is an interesting insight into her character whereas joel is very world weary and has seen both sides of it and i think you even talk in your review a little bit about the fact that like occasionally you run into to human enemies who are older and and you know as you're strangling them or whatever you might think about the fact that like fuck this guy like 60 years ago might have had like a normal working probably not 60 he was a pharmacist probably not 60 years ago but like you know the, these are people who may have had, like had real jobs strangling a 92 year old man <laughs> wow. yeah, video games <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I think I never finished Infinite because it kind of lost me, to be honest with you. Um, That's why I keep saying that. I'm hoping you'll beat it before we get to our spoiler cast so we can talk about some of the more direct Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. I mean, you know, I, I think, I mean, I agree with Greg and, you know, having Judge Bioshock, I'm playing it 10 hours or whatever. It's, it, the last one's a much better game. Um, but, you know, Bioshock's cool in its own way. I don't think you can really compare them too much beyond the fact that they're both, like, just dystopian, you know, what if kind of games, one about, like, kind of an unwieldy totalitarian religious-based government i guess and the other about you know the decay of society and the two character dynamic yeah yeah of course yeah, yeah that too um and the troy baker performances yeah that too <laughs> okay everything about it and, <laughs> and all the zombies wait um yeah i just think the emotional impact of the last of us is pretty much unrivaled mm-hmm. um and that's what makes the game so special that's that's what lets you see past the little things that you, you we were talking about you can nitpick the shit out of any game you can just nitpick it to death you know? Yeah. And be like, this ruins the game. But it, it ruins the game. I don't want to say it ruins the game if you let it. It ruins the game if the game lets it, like, lets these things ruin, yeah, it, totally. ruin it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And The Last of Us doesn't ever fall into that pit at all. There was never a point in a game. You hear me because we live, you know, we, we, we live together and we, we, our rooms are next to each other. I scream at my TV all the time. I'm fucking angry at video games all the time. Even the ones I like, you yeah. know? What the fuck are you making me do this for? And all, you know? Never had that moment with The Last of Us. Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, are you sure? I I've had a ton going. of those moments so far. Oh no! Well, I want to. That's not a reflection of the game being bad at all. They, I had those moments yeah. on Charted Three. I've had those moments in tons of games. Like there are combat sections in The Last of Us yeah. where I wanted to fucking throw my controller out the window. What? But no. exactly, like you freak the fuck out. The the thing is, the payoff has to be worth it because when I get out of that combat encounter, the next story thing, it was worth the struggle to get there. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what makes that's what separates it for me. Like, I mean, if, if you went through that horrible fight and then you got to the next scene and didn't give a fuck about what happened and got to the next terrible fight after that or something, that that wouldn't be a fun game. The Last of Us makes those encounters worth it because you care about what's going to happen to the characters and you want to, to progress. Yeah, and for all those little... You know, the one thing we didn't touch on, too, was multiplayer. And, like, multiplayer yeah. is really fun. Uh, and and I don't like playing games online. You know that. The last game, strangely, I spent any amount of time online with, the two games that I really loved online were Homefront, Homefront. And, and Fear 3. Those were the games that the last games where I was like, I like playing that this game. That is a bizarre list. No, that's the two pinnacles of multiplayer games. Do you want to know a theory I've been developing? Sure. You know that I played multiplayer while you were gone in yeah. the demo environment, and I wasn't impressed. I thought it was fine. I thought it was functional. It grew on me the more I played it, but when I was done, I was done. I think the reason you like all of those is because you were forced to play them for review. or And not even review. What, the home front you did in a piece on, though, right? Wasn't there a well, I review both of those games? Oh, I'm getting confused. But oh, what I I liked, what, well, what I liked about those games... Like Resistance Three's online was like whatever. You yeah, know, yeah, we love. I loved Resistance. 3. But what I'm saying is, you you didn't review them. I'm, this is I think this is a, a, a mere image of Uncharted, right? When I talk to Brian about Uncharted multiplayer, I'm like, Uncharted multiplayer is great and it's funny. He's like, it sucks. It's you know, it's not precise. I bailed early on. I think when we have to review these things, we sit down and we play them, and that's when it all sinks in. The oh, this is how this you mechanic works with this. This is what this perk does. You're paying oh, more attention. Yeah, I, I get it. I think that's totally and when true. a normal person plays them who's not invested, is just like like you keep saying like in your your review, you talk about how you know. I think you call it extraordinary at one point, the multiplayer and how it does this. And I was like, this is ordinary third person. I'm running around shooting everybody. Not the survival mode, the one where we're on. The one where Supply we're on. Raid. Yeah, not that one because I didn't play much of that. But the one where it's just, you Factions know, we, yeah, we have teams or whatever and are doing it. I love the metagame on top of it. I thought that was really cool. And don't get me wrong. This isn't me saying it sucked. There, there was anything wrong with it. It was just like, oh, okay, this isn't – I don't like playing third person multiplayer all that much. And I bounced. Yeah, and the, yeah. Well, the thing about the online component, whether you like it or not, is very similar to Uncharted. It's just not that important. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
it's cool. It's there. It'll keep you busy. A lot of people are going to enjoy it probably for years, just like they did with Among Thieves and, and Drake's Deception. But it's really not what the game's about. Uh-huh, the yeah. Last of Us would have been fine without it. You know, it would have been the same game, same score. You know? Yeah. It just so happened that, you know, Naughty Dog delivered. We we didn't think that they would because they were so silent about the online multiplayer. It's very mysterious why they wouldn't talk about it. And we, we started to theorize it was either because it was bad or it was just like Uncharted or it was story-based. And it ended up being really ne- none of those things. It was I, just that yeah. they didn't talk about it. I thought it was going to end up like Tomb Raider's multiplayer, which right. it was so boring. Like Tomb Raider's multiplayer just added nothing to anything. It was really boring. <laughs> and actually, it was kind of broken. Like, it was it was functional. But it was, there was, there was I haven't... I played. I played it. I reviewed Tomb Raider, obviously. Right, right. So, it, so I had to play it for that. See, and, <laughs> we all well, have I, these. I didn't like it. I, I know, but we all have these multiplayer opinions that uh, nobody else has because yeah, we're all like, like, "Fuck oh, multiplayer." Yeah. But it, did, it did make me think. Like, if, if The Last of Us had had a Tomb Raider style, you know, pretty boring crap multiplayer, would that have affected it? Because for Tomb Raider, for me, it's like I didn't fucking care that the multiplayer wasn't any right. good. I'm like, still play the single player. I literally it's excellent. I, I talk to Greg about this all the time. Like, I totally. I I borrowed Tomb Raider from the library here. I played it and I brought it back. Totally forgot multiplayer was a thing. Never noticed it in the menu. Never yeah. went into it. Like my entire knowledge of Tomb Raider multiplayer is the commentary <laughs> Ryan McCaffrey did of, about Team Deathmatch or whatever. Yeah. That's the only multiplayer I've seen from that game. And, and to just you know, because he was talking about how Bioshock is the game, you know, the game to beat for Game of the Year. I just I still think Nino Cooney was the game to beat for Game of the Year, and uh, I think The Last of Us did it pretty handily. But Animal let's. Crossing. Oh, Animal, Animal Crossing will be pure. I think some no, people, no, I don't think uh, Animal, Crossing. Animal Crossing is not the run for game I mean, of the it's, year. I mean, it's, it's, if you like it, then it's amazing, but it's sure. difficult to argue that it's a game of the year. Yeah, kind of I thing. think Fire Emblem is up there for some people. Oh, yeah, that's a fantastic I like Fire Emblem a lot, but Nino Cooney, man. What's the... Oh, maybe that was it. What's the 3DS RPG everybody's playing? Is that Fire Emblem? Fire Emblem, yeah. the okay. strategy RPG, yeah. yeah. Between Monster Hunter, Fire Emblem, and Animal Crossing, I basically don't ever turn off my 3DS. Mm. Mm. It's weird for me, because this is the first time I've been torn away from my Vita in a long time and gone... Back to 3DS because I, I played a little Fire Emblem, a little Luigi's Mansion, but Animal Crossing. Man. It's funny because between Silent Hill, Book of Memories, <laughs> sun, Sunflowers, and Men's Room Mayhem, I never turn off my beat. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Who knows what's happening on that device? You know, for Men's Room Mayhem in the UK, um, the PR company that was promoting it sent out a bunch of condoms, like promotional condoms. Nice. With it's coming for <laughs> the condoms. Oh, Men's Room Mayhem is the thing, and I was Jesus. like, good God, we're not 14. Like, coming wow. to, if you're coming to Podcast Beyond 300 and you plan on punching your tickets for the one-way trip to Pound Town, make sure you bring these. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. And your goldfire, everybody. Uh, let's turn this off because I'm starting to hear a buzz. Oh, that's good. Bzzz. Bzzz. Oh, it's you. You're buzzing around like a bee. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for Podcast Beyond, episode 296. Remember, go to iTunes, rate us. Rate us on whatever other podcast service you download for us. We put it up every Tuesday, usually. We're going to be late next week, too, because of holding for Shuhei, holding for E3 reactions and everything else. But it'll come. It'll be quick and dirty. The quality will be not good because we'll be doing into hand mic, so get over it now. Don't bother tweeting about it. Uh, but do tweet at us other stuff. I'm Game Over Greggy. Colin is no taxation. Garfep is Andrew Garfold is what I always want to say. I don't know why <laughs> is that. Why is that? When you Weird. did the name first, you were usually fine. If you say Andrew yeah, Goldfarb is Garfep. For some reason. Weird. When, yeah, when you flip it, your brain goes, like, oh no, I made a mistake. It's like me with the, the official list of upcoming PlayStation uh, offer on all three platforms. If I miss one word, it's like my brain's like, done. nope, I, I quit. Out. See you <laughs> next week. And then Keza. I don't know yours off the top of my head. Is it Kevin McDonald? McDonald? No. With one Z with people. A, and with an A. I'm with an Mac. A. I'm MacDonald. Mac yeah, MacDonald. IGN, of course, is IGN. Has a McDonald famous serial killer. If I were you, I'd stop what you're doing right now and tweet at IGN and say, hey, podcast beyond. They're pretty awesome. Also, I hashtag beyond. You should always hashtag beyond. 
That's what I do. You should do it too, because then we'll get it trending, and then we'll all be happy. Oh my God, we're only four, really five episodes away from Podcast Beyond 300, oh the live God. show here, July 12th in, a, in the in the in the San Francisco area. You've already gotten invited, so if you didn't get invited, too bad. Sorry. With Zombie Studios developer Anthony Gallegos confirmed <gasps> to appear, is he going to oh come here God. and show his game that he made? Has no, he made a game? He'll yet? probably just be yeah. here drinking water. <laughs> Wait for like a few days. He must have made a game by now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of it's, course. It's easy. Yeah. Everybody Single does it. He already day one gets on Twitter and tells everyone to go buy zombies games. Did he? Corporate shill. That's awesome. The shill. Uh, as you know, every podcast beyond ends with a song. It's something we call Ryan's wrap up. Today's comes from our good friends, Life in Twenty Four Frames. Mm. They may, they may or may not be a podcast beyond three hundred, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna yank your chain just yet. All right, uh, Chris <laughs> writes in and says, "Hope all is well and beyond land." Uh, I just wanted to shoot you over what will end up becoming the next single off of our record. I uh, hope you guys enjoy the new song. If you decide to play it on Beyond, it will be the first time anyone has ever heard it. We have never played it live or otherwise. World premiere. And also, could you please mention our Twitter? It's at Life in Twenty Four Two Four Frames. Everybody go do that. Uh, he says we're starting to use that and do giveaways. So there you go. Everybody here, Collins wears his Life in 24 frame shirt all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Looks like it's I that and the Escape Plan shirt, and then it's collar shirts. Yes. If he's at home, yes. it's one of those shirts. No, he has a collar shirt. He has a few others. I have, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've got to say, over the space of the last few hours, I've not become fully familiar with your clothing repertoire. Well, yeah, just pay close attention. To yeah, okay. Are you here tomorrow? You do costume changes? Yes. Uh, do you, are I you into his shoes? I have a book about his shoes you can read if you want. Seriously? Excellent. Yeah. Also, when he, watch him when he eats, though, because he'll take off the collar shirt. Yeah, he takes... So, <laughs> Colin... Does he take off his shirt? When, when, yeah. when Colin's wearing a collar shirt, <laughs> he takes so it off and That's strips down to his undershirt to eat Jesus in case he's changed it. You you wear, like, the nice collar shirt to come into work, and then you, in front of everyone you work with, take it off to eat. Don't get your... It's under- like when you don't bother clothing your baby before you're feeding it. You're it would be better if you we know what's going to go everywhere. Someone should send Colin a really big like like bib to wear. While he's- <laughs> yeah, no, send it beyond. Bib. I never really get anything. I've not got a really strange image of you just stripping down completely to your underwear and just like saying well, eating in the corner with no clothes. He's got like sock guards yeah, on. To have, like, my, a pack of my favorite thing. It's like it's never like. He finishes eating and has ketchup stains all over his shirt. Like it's yeah. not like you're a messy eater. I feel like you would probably be fine to leave the shirt on. Yeah, just you know, you gotta gotta be safe. Better safe than sorry. It's true. Well, I'm glad Better I knew this because I might have thought it was an office custom, and then everybody right. would have taken their shirt off. Because <laughs> just there in a bra eating a burrito. Yeah, like, is, this, is this not what we do here? Like, <laughs> this is how we do it in the UK. <laughs> I'm very very confused right now. But at least all the guests are up at noon just standing. You hard you, you hard cut to Krupa sitting there. Yeah. Shirt in the UK on it. <laughs> curly chest hair ladies and gentlemen <laughs> here's life in 24 frames the song is called wardrum beyond 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 Talk to you 
What's up, everybody? Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 296. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. That was weird. We didn't start the podcast right. What did we not do? Beyond. All right. That is weird. Well, All just right. keep going. You already ruined it. Nah, it's too late. We're not, episode 296. We'll put this at the end as an Easter egg for okay. people to find. Congratulations, listeners. You got no fucking life. And <laughs> you just listened to <laughs> 10 seconds of silence to get to this gem. You fucking idiot. Go buy our t-shirt. Damn. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.